I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, September 18th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a group of Mississippians are celebrating their new status as U.S. citizens while the nation seeks to reckon American immigration policy. Hear new perspective on undocumented immigrants' path to citizenship. In our story course segment, a conversation about holding out hope, mourning loss, and donating life. And the Mississippi Supreme Court is welcoming its newest member. The Constitution of the state of Mississippi says all power is invested in and derived from the people. It is the people that we all serve. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thirty-five people in Mississippi are beginning today as official United States citizens. Yesterday, the group took part in a naturalization ceremony at Northwest Jackson IB Middle School, where they took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution. The new American citizens represent 22 different countries. Some of them arrived as early as 7 a.m. for the 1030 program. Their celebration comes as the nation grapples with undocumented immigrants seeking a path to citizenship. Two people are from Sudan and Yemen. Both countries are included in President Donald Trump's controversial immigration ban. U.S. Magistrate Judge Linda Anderson presided over a naturalization ceremony at the middle school. She tells MPB's Desiree Frazier she is inspired. I want them to know that we appreciate them and we respect them for what they bring to our country. I think I get more from them than they get from me because their appreciation of the privileges and the rights that we take for granted so often remind me of what we have. And so they are inspiring. They're here, some of them at 7 o'clock, waiting for the 1030 ceremony to begin. And their excitement just motivates us and hopefully it will transfer to the children as well the students who were here to watch them in the midst of having this ceremony our nation is struggling with the issue of undocumented immigrants how do you deal with that in terms of you got people here who are coming into the country 
legally 35, you have so many who aren't legal. Actually, for this one hour, we just celebrate those who've gone through the process, and we appreciate them. And we've woven them into the fabric of our country. How long have you been doing this? For several years now. We do it ever so often in the the Southern District of Mississippi. So other judges with our court are doing it as well. We do probably one every two months maybe. What do you think they add to the state? A lot of them, they said they're staying here. Many of them are already engaged in careers and are contributing in a major way to our society. We have some who were sworn in who were coaches counselors, and they're already contributing in a spectacular way to our state and to our nation. So what would you say to those who aren't sure about the contributions of immigrants to the country, that maybe don't understand the significance of what you're doing here? I would simply say, come to a ceremony, talk to some of the new citizens, and then form your opinion. Thank you so much. Judge Linda Anderson with our Desiree Frazier. According to the Pew, Terri- uh, the Pew Research Center, there are about 11 million undocumented immigrants in the U.S. Many want a path to citizenship without leaving the country, but critics say they should be deported and then apply for legal status. 47-year-old Obi Miriam Todd is from Nigeria. She tells MPB's Desiree Frazier she thinks immigrants should come to the states legally. The process, I think, took about uh, a little bit over three years because I got here on a visa. Then we started the process, I think, a few months after that. And uh, during the process, you have to, first of all, get your resident permit, which is the green card. And after that, you apply for the citizenship. So basically, it took about three years, nine months or so. Yeah. How do you feel about what is taking place in the country right now? There's so much controversy over undocumented immigrants, and they say if they want to come to the country, come legally like you did. Uh, absolutely. Why would anybody want to go to any country illegally? That is wrong. That is wrong. I mean, you want to come, fine, but you have to come the proper way, come legally, not illegally. You know, it's, it's the wrong thing to do. One of the speakers said, we are born in different countries. We don't choose where we are born. But it's your choice if you decide to move to another country. You just have to go through the proper channel. One of the concerns is that it's said that the process is involved, is expensive, and it takes time. And people need work right away. They need to take care of their families right away. What would you say to that? It's expensive. Nothing good comes easier. Okay? Uh, If you really don't want to spend the money to come legally, stay where you are. It doesn't matter where you are. Life is expensive, period. You know? You can take care of your family. It doesn't matter whether you're a millionaire or you're the poorest person. You want to make that move and have that choice? It's a decision. You make it and you have to go the right way. What are your goals at this point? Possibly go back to my business or maybe further my education. Now, you took a test, and they said it's hard. What was the test like? Is it a history exam? Uh, well, it's, uh, basically, it's a civic. It's just history about the United States, and uh, that's it. It's not hard. You know, you just have to study for it. As I said, you want to have something, you have to do something about it to have what you want. 
Why leave Nigeria? Who doesn't want to be an American? That's the world. This is America. It's an opportunity. It's the number one opportunity anybody can have. It's like a new bat. Thank you so much and all the best to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Obi Todd with our Desiree Fraser. Moises Rodriguez says in his native country of Venezuela, he wasn't going to have the opportunities that he will have in the U.S., such as voting. The school baseball coach once played in the minor leagues with the Florida Marlins and Cleveland Indians. He tells MPB's Desiree Fraser the immigration controversy is a difficult subject to talk about. That is a very difficult subject to talk about it, even for myself. I think immigrants that come for this, to this country, they come for an opportunity. They come for a better life. It's like in everything, we're going to find bad people coming, and I understand that part, but there's also a, a lot of good people that give a lot to this country. So again, it's a very difficult subject, but I believe that from both sides, I have to say the Republicans and the Democrats at one point or another, they have been trying to put bans on immigrants and things like that, but... At the end, this is a country that if you do things right, it will give you the opportunity to become whoever you want to become. So are you saying that you empathize with those who came over undocumented, Uh, seeking a better life? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I understand. I, I get to know a lot of them, and I have worked with a lot of them. And I understand that the situation that they come with is to help their families. I haven't met anybody that came here for the wrong reasons, to harm anybody, to rob people, or anything like that. I only have met people that have come here for the right reasons, to better themselves and to better their families. Do you think there needs to be reform so it doesn't take as long? Maybe um, we've heard that it can be expensive with attorneys and that kind of thing to go through the process. No, I think the process is good the way it is. I think by making it difficult or a little bit hard, it gives you more like you really want it. If you, things that are given to you, things that are easy, people tend to just forget about it, don't really care too much about it. But I don't think there is no other country in the world that will give you the facility to become a citizen in such a quick time as the United States does. So I believe there have to be some reforms, I believe so, but I cannot tell you the answer of, oh, this is what it needs to be done, because it's a very complex, every country is different, uh, so that's, uh, that's where I stand on that part. I think for myself, and when I talk to the young people, is be thankful of the country that you live in. Be proud to be an American. If you go to other countries, just in my case in Venezuela, where you have young people fighting for their life on the streets and dying for looking for freedom that we don't have in our country. So I tell young people that, look, you think that you have a hard life here? No, you don't. You have to look outside, look what's going on in other countries, and that way you can be thankful that, wow, I live in a great country that gives me an opportunity to become whatever I want. And that's the thing with the United States. I became whatever I want to be here and then in the United States. That was not going to be something that I was able to do in my country. So that's the blessing and the proud to be part of, an, of being an American. That's what I tell the kids. Be proud. You guys have no idea how good you have it here. And I hope that they can understand and keep this country the way it is and making it better. Thank you so much. Thank we you. appreciate you and congratulations. Thank you. My pleasure. Moises Rodriguez with our Desiree Frazier. Congress has six months to establish a legislative solution for immigration.
Coming up, meet the newest justice to join the Mississippi Supreme Court. That's after our StoryCorps segment. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're retired or hope to retire someday, tune into our next Money Talks when we go over 12 strategies to earn extra income in retirement. We'll also take your personal finance questions. If you miss the show, you can always listen online or download our podcast. But Money Talks will be live, taking your questions today at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Losing a loved one is heartbreaking in any circumstance, but when death breaks the bonds shared by sisters, it can take an especially heavy toll. In this stop on the StoryCorps mobile tour, Whitney Grant talks with John Swanson about the 2010 car accident that eventually took her sister's life. She had brain damage. She had broken bones on her pelvis and ribs. She was in really bad shape. She had swelling and there was nothing they could do. But we sat there for four days just hoping that something would change and they the doctors tried everything and ultimately we had to just accept the fact and she had actually registered to be an organ donor three weeks prior to that and that helped I had assumed that's what she would want to do donate her organs and we were able to do that so that was a a very special thing in a really, really hard time. We ultimately had to make a call on the time. I mean, the doctors helped us. And I remember um, the family came and my mom and I sang her a song. We sang Angel from Montgomery. It's a John Prine song. And when we were done with the song, it was just, we had decided that that was the time It was the worst thing anyone could ever see. I mean, she was so young, and she had so much ambition, and to just watch that die was, it's really unbelievable. But you immediately have to start telling yourself that it's going to be okay, which is really hard to do. Maybe immediately it's not the answer. I don't really know how to describe it. But talk a little about what helped you get through initially. Like what you were during those those four days, what you were doing with, with Cassidy and what really helped you. When I got to Texas, there was a point where, you know, I took a break from the hospital and I went to the house where she'd been living. She was living with her, her boyfriend, Kevin, at the time. Kevin was a really sweet kid. I I couldn't have been crazier about him. He was in the car uh, with Cassidy when the accident happened, and he injured his shoulder, I believe, but was relatively unscathed, so he was having a hard time with it as well. So we were hanging out together, and I was going through some of Cassidy's books, and she had a Dr. Seuss book, Oh, The Places You'll Go. So, you know, I've always told, been told that people in a coma can hear you. So I wanted to grab some of her books to read to her. 
just in case that was true. And I want to read a little excerpt because I really think all adults should go back and read Dr. Seuss books. I think that they have a really sophisticated message and we should go back and learn those lessons as we get older. One of the um, excerpts that I really kept going back to after she died, uh, I'm going to read. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true, that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch, and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump, and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. But when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. So that's one part that I would go back to because I I had to tell myself that a lot is that just sometimes bad things happen and you can't explain them and you just need to accept them. And I felt like that lesson really helped me all the way because if you look for someone to blame or if you look for a reason, then you will torture yourself trying to find that reason because sometimes you just have some bumps. To hear more of our conversations from the StoryCorps mobile tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps mobile tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The new book, One Nation After Trump, starts with this sentence. American democracy was never supposed to give the nation a president like Donald Trump. On the next Fresh Air, we talk with the authors E.J. Dion and Norm Ornstein. They believe that this subsequent period of national soul-searching could lead to an era of democratic renewal. Join us. Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. On the next Fit to Eat, I'll be preparing a delicious vegetarian meal. Stuffed peppers with quinoa and tomato and sauteed cabbage with green apples. Our guest is my own personal trainer from Radical Alterations, Nolan Halliburton. Registered dietitian Rebecca Turner has some really helpful tips on buying milk. It's going to be a great show, so tune in and see what's fit to eat. Saturdays at 1.30 and Sundays at 10, only on MPB TV. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The Mississippi Supreme Court is moving forward today with a new member in its ranks. David Ishii of Gulfport took the oath of office yesterday after receiving the appointment from Governor Phil Bryant. This is the second gubernatorial appointment for Justice Ishii. He was appointed to the State Court of Appeals by former Governor Haley Barber in September 2004. Judge Ishii took the oath from Chief Justice Bill Waller, Jr., 
I, David Ishi, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear, that I will administer justice, that I will administer justice, without respect to person, without respect to person, and do equal right, and do equal right, to the rich, to the rich, as well as the poor, as well as the poor, and I will faithfully and impartially, I will faithfully and impartially, discharge and perform, discharge and perform, all of the duties, all of the duties, public upon me, as a Supreme Court Justice, as a Supreme Court Justice for the State of Mississippi, for the State of Mississippi, to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability, and understanding, and understanding, agreeably with the Constitution, agreeably with the Constitution of the United States, of the United States, as the Constitution, and Constitution of the State of Mississippi, State of Mississippi. So help me God. So help me God. Mississippi's newest Supreme Court Justice says he looks forward to applying the law equally to all. When I first took the oath of office here uh, as a court of appeals judge 13 years ago, I remember saying that the only reason appellate courts exist is to make sure that every man, woman, and child who walks into a courtroom in the state of Mississippi gets a fair trial. Uh, 13 years later, I realized the magnitude of that statement. With 10 judges and now 9 justices, uh, the definition of a fair trial can come under a lot of different names. And it's sometimes it's hard to work that out as to what was a fair trial. And, but that's our duty, and that's our sacred duty under the Constitution. To me, that is what separates us from the rest of the world, is this document we call the Constitution that guarantees our freedom. It's the first time that we've ever had the people make a contract with the government, uh, that they would not kneel before a king, they would stand before a judge. And I think that's something that we need to make sure that we remember in this country, and that's what keeps us free and independent. The Gulfport native is replacing former Justice Jess Dickinson, who left the court after 12 years to accept the appointment of Commissioner of the Mississippi Child Protection Services Agency. Justice Ishii will serve the remainder of Dickinson's term, which is set to end in 2019. Mississippi Supreme Court terms are eight years. Governor Bryant says the job is not easy, but it is important. Uh, Justice Ishii, congratulations. This is a difficult job that you have. Administering justice has never been easy nor pleasant at times, but it is one of the, if not the most important responsibility that could be held by any elected or appointed official in the state of Mississippi to include the governor's office. I am proud, and perhaps it seems accidental, that the University of Southern Mississippi has a representation now on the court, more than one. But as I have had an opportunity, Chief, to appoint judges, it is a very difficult task. There are many men and women throughout the state of Mississippi who are immensely qualified for these positions. It often comes down to a feeling of intensity on my part, intensity of finding just the right personality, just the right individual, just the right temperament. And it has never been an easy chore for me. But as I look at those that have been appointed, I am very proud of those that I have had an opportunity to choose and those that I have had an opportunity to support and will continue to do so. The Constitution of the state of Mississippi says all power is invested in and derived from the people. It is the people that we all serve. And I know from justice issues history, his experience, and his background that he fully understands that. Justice Ishii shared a story of his father, Roger Ishii, who served as a former state representative. 
when I had my going away party at the Court of Appeals last week, several people kept joking with me. They said, are you still going to speak to us now that you're up on the, on the fourth floor, as we always referred to it? I told a little story then, I'll tell it now. When I first passed the bar exam and became a lawyer, my late father, many of y'all knew him in his career, third career as a, as a legislator, he was uh, very proud of the fact he'd been born in a cabin in a lumber camp in the Depression. And he told me when I passed the bar, he said, uh, no matter how high up you go or what you achieve, remember one thing. When you get up in the morning, you're still going to put your pants on one leg at a time, same as you always did. Don't ever forget where you came from. And I'll try to always remember that. Justice is something that is equal to everyone. No one buys justice in this country. Unlike a lot of countries, it's not a commodity that's traded. It's something that we earn by birth and nothing but birth. By coming here as an American, we're entitled to this justice. And that's in our hands and on our shoulders. And I promise you I will do my utmost to fulfill that. And I thank you, and I thank Governor Bryant for this appointment. Without you, I would not be here. Thank you very much for your confidence. And I promise I will not disappoint you. And I certainly will never embarrass you. We may disagree, but I will not embarrass you. Justice Ishii says a formal investiture ceremony will take place on the Gulf Coast at a later date. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs at 9 o'clock. It's Money Talks at 10 o'clock in legal terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. And then join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.org.